You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Let's open in our Bibles to Numbers chapter number 12. Numbers chapter number 12. I thought while I had the opportunity up here in front of everybody, I'd just ask you a question just to start with. Did you do your budget? That's polite laughter. It's no, Brother John, but I'm entertaining the thought. Right? Uh, I enjoyed the FPU class, and uh, I hope it was helpful to you. Lord willing, we'll be able to do another one later on this year. But I saw it was May 1st, and I thought, I have to ask. I got to know. So, Brother Chad got up this morning and preached the other part of his sermon. I was hoping to beat him to it. I had plans on preaching on God's faithfulness this morning. And then he just used everything, pretty much, used it all up. And I thought, you know... Uh, I'm not good enough to come back up in here and do it a second time. And so I was, uh, I was talking with Jeremy this morning and uh, told him that I had taken notes from his sermon. I thought about just redoing it, you know. <laughs> I'm just messing. It is a privilege to be here. I'm glad to be here. And... Um, one of the barriers to um, preaching again on God's faithfulness tonight was not having a rope of eternity, however many sections are in it. And uh, so I believe that uh, the Lord in His providence has changed our attention to something else and even driving over here, I don't know why, it's probably left over from deputation and furlough that uh, when you're so many hours on the road you have a lot of hours to think maybe to pray, and it seems like sometimes some thoughts just don't come to me till I get behind the wheel. I know I'm going to drive, I'm going to go preach, and, and for some reason that's when some of the thoughts come. And so we're going to look beginning in Numbers chapter number 12, but we're going to spend pretty much all of our time in the New Testament. But I want you to think... Let's, let's first think about maybe some past pastors that we had. Um, maybe you had good pastors, maybe you had not so good pastors. Did you ever have a prickly pastor? Somebody you thought was just a little bit... You didn't, you didn't want to bother him too much because he, he was just prickly. You didn't know if you were going to get stung. You didn't know if you were going to get bit. You didn't know if, if everything was going to be all right after that. Uh, looking here at Numbers chapter number 12, I'm, we're, we're brought to the attention of Moses. And I wonder to myself, I wonder if Moses was prickly. Look here, let, let's stand and we'll just read three verses to start here. And this really isn't the, the, the thrust of the message so much as it is an illustration just to start us out here. Really to, to look at Moses and, and see 
who he was and things here, we can, we can kind of gather or begin to gather an idea in this portion of scripture. In, in Numbers chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, And Miriam and Aaron spake, how? Against Moses. Now that will get your pastor a little bit upset. You, you begin to say things against him, against what he's doing, against what he's saying, because I believe with my whole heart, our pastor's doing his dead level best to follow the Lord and lead us along as we go. Amen? And uh, I, I believe that the Lord is using him to do that, and uh, others are benefiting, and certainly our church is benefiting. But it says here, Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? I don't understand the connection between him marrying this Ethiopian gal and them all of a sudden thinking that God hasn't used him and spoken through him and made him the leader of their people. I miss the, it's a disconnect for me. But they asked the question, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very what? Meek. He was very meek above all men which were upon the face of the earth. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your many blessings to us. We thank you for the opportunity to be here in your house. Lord, I pray that you'd... Help me just to uh, say the things that need to be said here tonight, to, to leave off of those that do not, Lord, and that you bless our study here in your word, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Again, asking the question, was Moses prickly? I, I want to reframe the question, was he dangerous? And if you look at his history, you're thinking, well, maybe he was a murderer, Right, I mean, he killed a couple of people, and uh, really, that was that was before God was ready to use him. That was before, uh, really, that that God had any plans for him other than to spend some time in the backside of the desert and get his meekness up. And um, but in his relationship with the Lord, in his walk with God, and here's what I want to draw our attention to, his walk was, with God was dangerous. Now, we love those pastors that looked out for us. He, he, uh, he guarded the church, and, and that is certainly part of the pastor's duty is, is he's supposed to have his eye out, look for wolves in the congregation, run them off, um, it's only supposed to be sheep here. Um, if there are not sheep here, they are to be unsafe sinners and not wolves. And uh, so Moses there, he's watching over the people and God would bring different things to his attention and God taught him and brought him through. But Moses in his relationship with the Lord, he became dangerous in a number of things. And here was one of them, uh, Miriam and Aaron come up, so they're thinking, you know, um, Aaron might be thinking, well, this is little brother, I'm going to show little brother, and uh, mouths off to God, and then all of a sudden later on, a few verses later, little sister has leprosy. And it was not because Moses did anything, but because God began to speak on Moses' behalf to his siblings there who had raised themselves up, but then also to the nation of Israel. And I just want you to look at his, his walk with God because his walk with God is what was dangerous. 
I don't think necessarily as a man that he sought to be dangerous, but his walk with God was dangerous. And how was it dangerous? God had an order that he wanted in the children of Israel there. By the way, God has an order that he wants to be in our church and in our city. And uh, there's already been announcements now that we're getting ready to start up door knocking again. Woo! So I'm here to be your cheerleader today. I'm not going to do any flips or anything. I don't want to hurt myself or one of you. But you in your relationship with the Lord ought to be dangerous. And that's where I want to put the focus here tonight and uh, begin to study that. How are we dangerous? Because the Bible says in, in Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 16, uh, it says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That doesn't sound dangerous, does it? The greatest danger from a dove is what? I guess pecking your eye out or um, leaving you a little package on the way by. I don't think of sheep and, and, and doves as dangerous, yet we are to be dangerous. And I hope your thumbs are a little bit limbered up. Brother Chad said he had us look at some scriptures so that he knew we weren't falling asleep and stuff. And I'm going to try not to give you the opportunity to fall asleep. Amen? Now, uh, let's look at James chapter number 4. James chapter number 4. Uh, and I tell you, one of the... Don't raise your hand, but I, I, I want to ask a question just for introspection. Are you afraid of the devil? I mean, just ruminate on it. I know what, what my answer ought to be. I think I know what my answer is, but are you afraid of the devil? James chapter 4 and verse number 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God... Resist the devil, and he what? Wait a minute, that sounds like insider information. When Brother Chad is speaking about God's faithfulness, one of the things where we look for his faithfulness is, is when he makes us a promise or he tells us something happens a certain way. We look for, for the faithfulness to be fulfilled in what he says. And guess what? God says that if you will resist the devil, he will flee from you. So we need to be dangerous to the devil. If the devil comes to bother us in our house, he should not be comfortable there. We should be resisting him. Dad, you should be encouraging mom to resist the devil. Mom and dad, you should be uh, encouraging your children that, hey, even you kids in your relationship with the Lord have power with God and you should be able to resist the devil. And guess what? You'll already have him on the run. We are to be dangerous. Look at Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 10. It begins here, and if Christ be in you, what is that? That's salvation, right? 
That's being saved, the living God living inside of us, acting out His will through us. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And you can even think of this here, the body is dead or inactive because of sin. You're supposed to be dead to sin, but active or moving for the Lord. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Now the liveliness of our relationship with the Lord is, is really right here. Oh, my relationship with the Lord isn't, isn't too good. Um, that's because there's sin there. And it hinders. And it, it takes away the power of that life that God gives to us. It just, it just saps it. It's like a leech. But here, if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body. Mortify, that's a different word for, for Brother Chad's making up words, right? Oaring along, you know. So, mortifying the deeds of the body, that's deadifying the deeds of the body. Amen? That's taking care of business. And what happens is, is that as, as you clean up the sin in your life, by the way, the Lord is the one that washes it away, but you are the one that has to kick it out. But as you do that, the more that you do that, the more power that you have of the Spirit to do the things that the Lord wants you to do. So if you get in the habit of that cleansing process, you will find it is easier to serve the Lord. It will be easier to keep the devil on the run. You know, where we lived in Ukraine and things, we want the war to end and all of that. But I tell you what, in this spiritual war, the devil's got a problem. Not just because he's going to lose, but you know what? If your enemy won't die, you probably don't have good chances of winning. The devil has no chance of winning this just because we know that the Lord is going to conquer him in the end. But guess what? We have an endless life. If you're saved, you have eternal life. Amen? It's not punctuated here and there. You get it for a little while and then it goes away and then he comes back and then nothing like that. He said, eternal and everlasting. I'm glad that he used both words. Amen. If you're saved, the devil cannot win against you and you're unconquerable because you have everlasting life. So that leads us to think, well, how in the world can the devil have a victory in our life? Well, it's only when you give it away. Look at Hebrews chapter number 7. In Hebrews chapter number 7 and verse number 14 it says, For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning the priesthood. And it is yet far more evident, for that after the similitude of Melchizedek there ariseth another priest, who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the, what's the next word? Power of an endless life. 
Now here again, this is what I, the, the point here is mortifying the deeds of the flesh. That is getting the sin out of our life. It is getting the practice of sin out of our life. Getting confessed up, what they used to call fessed up, prayed up. So that God can put his power with you and then because of these things, you are being dangerous to the devil's goals in your life. God's got plans for you, the devil's got plans for you. I don't want any of the devil's plans to succeed. I want to fight them off, fend them off, do anything I can. But guess what? In Ephesians chapter 4 it says, don't give place to the devil. That is very often where we lose the battle. That is very often where we lose ground in the battle. It's because we are not fending him off. We, we, we let him live in a little corner. I've heard sermons where the preacher said, well, you won't let God into this little corner of your life. If you won't let God in there, you can bet the devil's there. Mortify the deeds of the flesh. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 10, it says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Great song for the kids, by the way. In chapter 4 and verse 14, it says, Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not except they have done mischief. And their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. Uh, we need to be paying attention what's happening not only in our life but with others. But by the way, if you will keep yourself right, it will affect others. So that you are being dangerous not only to the devil's plans in your own life, but you're being dangerous to the devil's plans or his goals in someone else's life. I tell you what, when it comes around to door knocking and stuff, I don't know if I can be there every Saturday. We will see how work pans out. I know the Lord can bless it Monday through Friday so that Saturday is totally free. I'm, I'm looking forward to him doing that. But I tell you what, when it comes out on Saturday and we need to go out there, we are attempting to be dangerous to the devil's goals in somebody else's life. They don't understand the battle that's going on around them. They don't understand the difficulties and things that are taking place in the spiritual realm probably. But I tell you what, when we come in there, we want to be dangerous. Not to this precious person that, that the Lord wants to save their soul. But we want to be dangerous to the devil and to his plans in their life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 13 it says, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. There's another verse for you, Brother Chad. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Brother Chad talked this morning about, well, in what should I be faithful? What, where's this faithfulness on my part, well, here it is. Part of it is just being faithful to the Lord and getting rid of sin, avoiding temptation. Okay, Lord, I don't want this for my life. I'm going to, what did we read back there in Proverbs 4? Enter not into the path of the wicked. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. That would be a sermon there all by itself. Too many times we're cruising by looking at sin, deciding, do I want to, do I not? 
It's like a wreck on the highway. Hmm, I might go over there. Watch that. By the way, any time that you have a fight, like going to church on Sunday morning, for me it's not a fight. We just get up and go. The decision was made, I don't know, it was made really before I made it, personally. <laughs> if you knew my mom and dad, my mom looks like the sweetest thing, and my dad does too until he says something, and then everybody jumps. And The, the decision was made before I made it, and I was trained in those things, so... But guess what? I got away from it for a while. I had to learn to, to make that decision myself. I had to decide for myself, I'm going to go to church. It's not going to be a question. It's not going to be hard. Do I, don't I? Do I have something better? Do I have something that will pay more? Do I have something that will, who knows, more interesting? When you're having that conversation, if you're a saved person, you're probably having a talk with the devil. And nowhere in scripture do you find that you should be having a conversation with the devil. Even the archangels, it says that when they railed with the devil about Moses' body, he, said he, he, didn't, he didn't rebuke him himself. He, he brought the Lord's power to say, the Lord rebuke you. You and I don't need to have a conversation with the devil. Amen, do you agree? It seems like often that we are having those, but the more those that, that, that we kick out, it's like, okay, I'm going to quit having a conversation, put, you know, block. He can call, but I'm not going to answer, block. That's mortifying the deeds of the flesh. So the Bible says, resist the devil to be dangerous. The Bible says, mortify the deeds of the flesh to be dangerous. Number three, we need to pray. If you think that prayer is overrated, you obviously have not gotten the answers that you desired. Oh, yeah, 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 people just talk about praying all the time, praying all the time, but I don't, I don't know, I don't see much out of it. Man, I do. I'm glad our pastor does, amen. I hope you do, because part of being dangerous is, well, just think about Christ's ministry. Was Christ dangerous? <laughs> he was, he's the height of dangerous to the devil, right? I mean, he just shows up and the devils start quaking. Oh, Lord, I know who you are. He definitely was, but guess what? He even taught his disciples that there was a time to fast and to what? Pray to have God's power to do what needed to be done. Jesus said that. How much more important is it for us? And so we need to pray to be dangerous. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. My Bible program said that uh, this sermon could be read in seven minutes. I apologize for it taking longer than that. Amen. <laughs> Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. 
Wow, there was something different going on in Thessalonica. In fact, Thessalonica is such an interesting church. Paul was there. He was there for just a brief time, but a church was started, and, and things were going such great guns there that I think it was within a year that he had sent the, the first letter to the Thessalonians, that he had sent that back. And this one, I think it followed maybe six months later. I, I think that he was so encouraged about what he saw there. I mean, First Thessalonians, if, if you're a pastor of a church and God's going to send you a letter, you definitely want it to be First or Second Thessalonians. Uh, just great glowing words there about the church, and, and why was that? I think it's due to what we read right here. They were praying, and uh, Paul asked for prayer from them, but he asked for something specific, and that's this here, that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified as it is with you. Guess what? I think that the, that the glory that they had as a church, as a congregation there, the effectiveness that they had in their ministry was because of the work of God's word in their lives. If you read it and you don't get anything out of it, you got a problem. If you can study it and can't get anywhere, get with somebody. Talk with the pastor, talk with the deacons, talk with spiritual brethren and sisters to find out, hey, what's going on? Maybe you're not saved. I don't know. I don't like to get people unsaved a whole lot who are already saved, but, you know, sometimes we better examine ourselves. The Bible says examine yourselves and see whether you're in the faith. It also says let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen? Are you the redeemed of the Lord? Amen. So he says here, Pray that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified. So how much success does God's word have with you? This is what pastor's been preaching about when he's been talking about quieting a noisy soul. Do you believe God's word? Do you do God's word? When you do these things, if, if God's word has free course with you, if it is glorified with you, if it is active within you, then you can be dangerous also to false doctrine. You are being dangerous to unbelief, which James says that's uh, just deceiving yourselves. In James 1.22 he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You can be praising the Lord on Sunday and leave out of here. Man, that was a good sermon. This is going to be great. If that's the last of that sermon, it just evaporates when you go out the doors. The Bible says you're just kidding yourself. And, and I think that the devil kind of watches to see, does that sermon go further than five feet out the door with us? Do we carry it farther? Ten feet. Does it make it to our vehicle? Are we still singing the praises of the Lord or is our, is our mind already turned to the next thing by the time that we unlock the car and get in and drive off? Pray that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified. By the way, that, that glorified right there is, is, has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with the Lord. That people recognize that he is powerful 
that he has a desire and a place in our lives. By the way, when you do things for God's glory rather than your own, then you're being dangerous to pride. If you remember to always compare yourself with the example of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're never going to have any pride. (laughs) And sometimes we do that almost a little bit too much, like I'm so low, lower than a snake's belly. In a wagon rut, in the bottom of the Grand Canyon, and we get prideful about our station. Isn't that weird how that just changes just like that? And that's why that we always need to be paying attention, but praying that the word of the Lord may have free course. By the way, when we go out and and we begin to knock doors, we want the word of the Lord to have free course in those people that, that we're going to, amen? We want it to be active. So it needs to be active in our life. And, and if it is dangerous in our life, it will be dangerous in theirs. Second thing, praying with the Spirit's direction and help. Look at Romans chapter 8 and verse number 26. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. It says, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Amen. Hallelujah. He's helping us be dangerous. Amen. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That doesn't mean that you have to groan and pretend like the Holy Spirit's doing something. I've met that crowd. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When we're praying with the Spirit's direction and help, what are we doing? We're praying for other people. Maybe we're praying for God's direction in our life. Lord, what part of town do you want me to go to? This door, that door. Lord, go before us. Pray for him to help you get and do rightly so that others will be compelled to do the same thing. By the way, if you would be consistent in prayer, you'd be being dangerous to idleness. We have a lot of idle Christians today. I I hate to say it. And probably there have been times that's been John Spillman. Not praying as much as I should or the way that I should. The Bible says that we need to be praying with the Spirit's direction and help. That will help us be dangerous against idleness. In Colossians chapter number 3, please open there. I'm going to give you time for that. Colossians chapter number 3. I believe that you know this. I I believe that this has been practiced um, at Eastside Baptist Church, not because my history here is um, consistently long. We've been in and out of here for many years, of course, uh, here constant less than a year. But we've been in churches where this was a big deal. 
We've been in churches where this was not practiced, and, and it turns out the churches had big problems. You know, in order for us to be dangerous in our spiritual life, we need to pray and forgive. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And I'm missing a verse there, but we will get to it. I think it's later on in the chapter there. I apologize, I have the wrong verses apparently there. I know it's in Colossians chapter 3, let me catch up. Uh, Look there down in verse number 12 and verse number 13. I apologize for that. I had the wrong reference there. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Wow, that, that is a heavy verse right there. I, I mean, the practice of that verse, uh, how many of us, uh, when we come to the Lord in prayer, we just bathe in his forgiveness? We just, that's the hot shower right there. It's like, oh yes, I'm getting clean. God's forgiven me. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about me. I'm forgiven by Jesus. And Pastor mentioned, it it seems to be a theme with him. I don't know why he goes on trips, because he speaks about other people's driving and how it irks him. (laughs) I was like, preacher, you're going on another trip. Aren't you afraid of those other drivers giving you trouble? (laughs) Guess what? As Christ forgave us, and we revel in that, right? We just wash, oh, it's all good. Why wouldn't God forgive me? I mean, everything's great. And we're so lovey-dovey with the Lord because he forgave us. And yet when it comes to forgiving, we do not freely give as we have received. Oh, man. If you can't learn how to forgive, you cannot learn how to be dangerous for the Lord. You're dull. You're not sharp. You're not effective. Jesus, I think everywhere he had to go, there are some, I mean, he was just, every step, he was forgiving something. I mean, just look at his disciples who were walking around with him. He just was forgiving them constantly. Lord, you want us to call down fire and consume them? Ye know not what spirit ye are of. And I forgive you. You know what? In order for us to be dangerous, we're going to have to pray and we're going to have to forgive. And if we'll learn to do that, then we're going to be dangerous to bitterness that is caused by unforgiveness in our hearts. We need to be dangerous against bitterness and unforgiveness. That'll wreck a church fast as anything. 
It takes a lot of grace to be the body that we are, but it takes a lot of forgiveness too. And we've got to learn to forgive. By the way, when we go out there knocking doors, somebody might not be very nice. Pray and forgive so that you continue to be dangerous in your quest for the day. Ephesians chapter 4, just a few pages over, very similarly worded, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Love works. So work it. God wants us to be dangerous, not, not because it's to be a harm to anything good, but it is to be a harm to those things that are bad. It is to be a harm against those things that are against God's will. It is to be a harm against those things that are bad for us as believers. In Ephesians chapter 6, of course you know these verses, Ephesians chapter 6, in verse number 10, Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in what? In the power of his might. Many times, I'm, I'm going to give you the key to happiness to door knocking. Don't worry about what happens. See, one of those conversations that we tend to have with the devil is, is well, nobody got saved today. You, you can't save anybody anyway, so why get worried about it? Jesus saves, amen? Jesus saves. We don't save. We just carry the good news. And if you will carry the good news, God will let you feel good about it. When I finally got a hold of this in my life, my fear of door knocking went away. Why? No way! You want to get off my porch right now? Yes, sir. Why? Because I'm obeying the Lord. And when you obey the Lord, you get to feel good about it. I don't know if you noticed that. I maybe you haven't been obedient to the Lord. I don't know. I have. I found out when I'm obedient to him, he lets me feel good. And in this world of everybody seeking to feel good, it seems like it would be kind of a no-brainer. Go for it. Amen? Put on the whole armor of God. By the way, it says, in the power of his might. If you're going in yours, you are going to lose steam. I'm just telling you. Because you go to 20, 30 doors in the course of your time on a Saturday and, and either nobody answers or they're all mean and, and have guns and stuff like that or mean dogs. You're going to think, what am I doing? There's, there's people that have quit going to church because they just say, well, what am I doing? Well, you evidently are listening in the power of your might rather than in the power of his might. And the, the key to being dangerous for the Lord is acting in the power of his might. Now, what kind of might does he have? Well, there's that little word with a prefix on it. It's, a, it's about God. It's one of his attributes, almighty. Amen? 
And we depend on that for certain things, but, you know, we are to use his power not just to serve ourselves, and that's how we usually appropriate it is, oh, God, please help me in this, and oh, God, please help me in that. Uh, maybe our prayer should be, oh, God, help me to knock doors and be obedient to you. I said, I, I want to be your cheerleader. But to go out and to do the work that, that we need to do on Saturdays, we have to be real before we go out there, real with the Lord and say, Lord, I understand there's a certain way to do this, and Lord, I want to do it your way so that I can have the power of your might. Lord, I want to be dangerous with you. I want to be dangerous the way that you are dangerous. Of course, we know these verses. We could, we could go through them. I'm, I'm not going to go through that tonight. But put on the armor of God. It's worth it to have a little bit of protection. More, more than anything, all of this stuff is just getting our, our minds and hearts ready. We really, you know, we need these things. But in the grand scheme of things, we just need to go do what the Lord wants us to do. He'll take care of us. Look at James chapter number 4. James chapter number 4. We read back there in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How do we get there? How do we hit second gear, third gear, fourth gear? Here it is. James chapter 4 and verse number 7, it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Oh, we already read that verse. Yeah, we did. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I remind you again. It's something that, that we've constantly got to do because he, he can be kind of kind of relentless if we let him. Little Chad was preaching and teaching in Sunday school and he got on this submission thing. Man, the ladies hate that, don't they? Because always the, the women are always first. You know, the, the preachers always skip the verse before, submitting yourselves to one another in the Lord. They, they always skip that one. Guess what submitting is? When you submit, you're letting someone else's power be in charge. So just think about this. And being dangerous for the Lord, we're, we need to be letting his, his power be in charge. That when he pushes the remote control left, we go left. When he pushes it right, we go right. When he says stop, we stop. When he says go, we go. When you let someone else's power be in charge, you're being dangerous to pride. You better be a danger to pride in your life. Otherwise, pride will just kill your ministry. There's no room for pride in being dangerous for the Lord.
I was thinking about little kids, sometimes they copy their dad. I see some of these karate movies and stuff, and the little guys are, you know, they're doing their stomps and their hacks and their all that stuff, and they're, and they're watching. And, and if they get in a scary situation, then they're, okay, I'm supposed to do this, if they're looking up at dad or the instructor like, like this, like, like that, because they're not sure. We should always have an eye on the Lord. Like this, Lord? Like that? Oh, this person? Oh, that place? Oh, this time? We're confident in God's power and his protection and his promises. Why? Well, I guess I am preaching it tonight. He is faithful. John chapter 15 and verse 5, our last verse tonight, he says, Jesus says, I am the vine, ye are the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit, so you'll be a dangerous to fruitlessness. Amen. The same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. You can't be dangerous without the Lord. And we're not talking about being dangerous in a hurtful sort of a way, except for those things that are against God. We want to be dangerous in the right way, where we are fulfilling God's will that we are being effective in ministry, that we're doing those things that he has said for us to do. Because that in itself is dangerous to the devil. Why was Moses, why did he seem prickly? Well, he had a relationship with the Lord where God protected him and said, no, 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 you're not going to be like that with this guy. Now, wouldn't you like to have God be that way about you? about whatever enemy it is. No, 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 no. This is, this is my servant. This is my loved one. This, no, you can't do that. Why? Because I'm helping them be dangerous. Let's stand. Let's have every head, head bowed, every eye closed. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.